Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. It is good to be with you in another week here on the uh, the Holy Man podcast. We are here in the 10th week of this semester's discussions on lies men believe and the truth that sets them free. And it continues to be a really good journey here on the Holy Man podcast as we've been challenged by acknowledging some of the things in life that we men allow ourselves to get out of whack. For many of us, there have been some eye-opening moments when the lie that Satan has fed us was discussed And we thought about it and we pondered it and we prayed about it and we realized how our lives are not as good as they could be because of that lie. Or maybe it's for for you, maybe for me, it's been several of the lies that we have been talking about and discussing that's causing havoc on us. But also it's been really cool to allow the godly truths that we have also been looking at help us to turn from the lies and into the truth-filled life that God has available. And I know for a bunch of us, our lives are getting better because of it. Now, as, as we begin to wind down our journey uh, for this semester, as we look in today's topic, and as I spend some time with another godly man who joins me today in the sh- share in the show, we're going to celebrate what God is doing in our lives. Uh, today I have, a, have with me a great man. Uh, his name is Jonathan Strubing. Johnny, it is good to have you with me on the Holy Man Podcast today. Thanks for putting up with me. Yeah. Guys, you need to hear me when I first... Asked Johnny. You know, Johnny's been listening to these. He's in one of our life groups that discusses the Holy Man podcast. And when I first asked Johnny, or I should say I told him <laughs> that he was going to be on the Holy Man podcast, he gave me this look of fear. Panic. A panic. That was another good word for it. And then a couple of minutes later, after he settled down a little bit, he says, you know what? This might be cool because I have a great face for radio. And so, uh, Johnny, man, it's perfect. perfect. Uh, Johnny, I just love that you're willing to to do this. I know it's not something that you would normally feel called to do. Outside the box. Yeah, a little outside the box for you. But, uh, Johnny, I just want to say, you know, the reason why I'm asking you is because what we're talking about today, uh, the chapter that we're dealing with, are lies that men believe about circumstances. So how we deal with life when it comes at us. And Johnny, I just want to let the guys know that that's why I ask you to join me today. Because in my opinion, you have had a lot of life hit you over the last couple years, especially this last year or so. Well, and it hasn't just been you. It's been you and your wife and what your wife and her family has faced, the circumstances that you've dealt with. So, Johnny, can you just help the guys to know a little bit about what you and Suze have faced over the last couple of years, especially this last year? What are some of those circumstances that you and your family have faced? Well, Susie's parents uh, were elderly. Uh, mom's health was failing. So we had actually planned 
that she would go back to assist them. Where did they live? Summer. They were in Indiana. In Indiana. Point, Indiana. Okay. Um, far south side of Chicago, basically. And her mom's uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's a year ago, so they didn't know how to help. And Susie has special talents in that area from her work at the Legacy here right. in town. And and so we were planning that, and then they were in a car crash there. Uh, I want to say it was August 28th. So her parents were yes, and so it was from a plan to an emergency. So she got on a plane and took whatever went into one bag and went back to help them recover. And uh, they were actually recovering very well. Her mom's Alzheimer's was stabilizing with the medication and whatnot. And uh, come November, they were both uh, diagnosed with the COVID, and the COVID uh, they both passed from the COVID on the very same day. Uh, November 28th, I'm guessing. Yeah. So here I am here. There she is there. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help. What yeah. do you do? So, you know, Karen and I have walked with both of you through through this journey. And uh, and it, it was trying because, you know, Susie was trying to be the best daughter she could be. Uh, you know, her family dynamics, uh, her siblings weren't perfectly seeing eye to eye every moment. Sure of that entire journey. And so you put all those different circumstances into this past year. It's been a trying year. Oh boy. Oh boy. And how do you muddle through each of those circumstances? Uh, Susie, just watching her, you being the supportive husband needing to work because you were still working your job here, supporting your family, wanting to care for your wife, even though she was there and it was just, I watched the two of you walk through all these circumstances. And I have to admit, I, that's why you're here, Johnny, because okay. I watched how you worked through those circumstances with your wife. And yeah. So, well, we, it, we, we kind of view it as it's the three of us trying to, to take this journey. And I know what you mean by the three of us. It's Can you? She, I, and God. Okay. Uh, he, he's guiding everything that we do, and that's where, at fifty-five, my 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 journey has gotten me to a level of patience I never had before. And so, instead of reacting, and we've had this discussion before, men are fixers. I just want to fix it. This is how you make it better. Boom, done. Yeah. There isn't that. That's not a thing. So you can't fix Susie instantaneously. I can't. <laughs> She's tried with me a number of times. I hear uh, that. Yeah, Karen and I have had that same relationship. There is no instant fix. So patience is where you have to, and you have to look look to the Lord for some guidance in what would you do? How would how would how would we best proceed here? And knowing that the three of us are solid, uh, a, a solid triangle. And that's how we proceed with everything we right. do. And that might not have been, if I go back to when, you know, you're 55 now, maybe back when you were 35, that oh, yeah, might have not been the same. No, significantly different. <laughs> Her level of patience then was amazing. <laughs> but your faith journey, you're saying, has affected how you deal with some of these circumstances Absolutely. of life. Yes. Yeah. Well, that leads us right into, let's jump into some of these lies. And we're going to see how these lies and the truths and how your relationship with Christ ensues have played into some of these circumstances you face. So the first lie that the author shares with us is, I have the right to be angry when things don't go my way. Johnny, do you ever get angry? I know you're a, a bubbly kind of guy. I think a lot of guys would say that. But at the same time, let's be honest, 
Do you ever get angry? And what are some of the things that could potentially get you angry? The, the things that draw me towards anger are nothing big. Big things don't bother me. Okay. We'll work right around that. Yeah. Stupid, avoidable things. This didn't need to happen. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I don't do those well. So, yeah. And they don't, the good thing they hardly ever come around, right? No, no, never. Not, Not a, on a yeah. daily basis. The moment you find out you don't have any more coffee in the morning. Yeah. Uh, That's things like that. <laughs> Now, I want to clarify what I believe the author is saying with this chapter about this lie. He is not necessarily saying that we should not get angry when someone hurts us in some way. Anger is an emotion that comes when someone causes us harm or of some kind. But what we do with that anger can be sinful. How we react or respond to the other person. If we lash out or if we get even or if we return evil for evil... I think that is what the author is suggesting is not good. That can cause our life and the lives of others around us to be worse. And so if, because of the lies Satan has fed us, if we feel that we have the right to react to hurt the other person, getting even with them, we might be missing out on the better life. So John, can you relate to this when you are out on the highway? For for those of you who don't know, John's one of our big plow truck drivers. He uh, loves to plow the snow out there. So Johnny, when you're out there plowing snow and uh, and some idiot driver <laughs> does something stupid and causes you some trouble, if if you believe this lie to be true, that you had the right to be angry and to get even for what they did, how would that work out for everyone in that situation? Well, I'd have been in prison 25 years ago. <laughs> All right. Uh, when when you do this job on the south side of Chicago at the I-80-94 interchange, it uh, teaches you a lot of patience in a, in a hurry. But you, you have to consider everyone you see is going to do the dumbest thing they can possibly do. Yeah. And we're all prepared. We're uh-huh. all prepared then. Right. So, and that's that's helped me a great deal. All right. So hearing that talk about the patients, so... In that moment where that knucklehead acts as he acts, uh, if you, knowing the forgiveness that God has shared with you, Johnny, for when you are that knucklehead, uh, if you pass that forgiveness or that grace onto that individual, how might it change that dynamic in that moment? It'll give everyone a, a, a break, basically. It'll give everyone the opportunity to go back to a place of peace and and find find the correct line and i was driving my uh, son home when he was five or six years old down the highway in my beautiful 1997 ford thunderbird and he was sleeping in the back seat that's what i yeah. thought he was doing right no, he was preparing for the flu which he then uh-huh. had all over the back seat of my beautiful 19 i don't know that everyone i see out there doesn't have that happening in their vehicle that's right so i have to try to center so you put yourself in their perspective of what they could be facing yes, yeah. and to not judge them. That leads us right into the passage of Scripture I wanted to bring forward here. <clears throat> Jesus shares this understanding. It's in Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 37. where And we can put ourselves, as I read this, think of any of those moments in our lives, whether it's out on the road like Johnny just talked about, or any situation, whether it's in our home whether it's in our workplace where somebody does something to us, acts in a certain way that's inappropriate, how might we respond to them? Jesus says this, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, 
and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured out into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. You know, Jesus shares this understanding that depending on how we react and responding in that moment, it's going to come back on us. And this really makes sense. If we are, let's go back to the driving thing again, Johnny. If we are driving and someone does something to upset us, depending on how we react to that person, it will come back at us. If we react out of anger, if we wave at that person with the middle finger, if we scream, if we yell, maybe even do something stupid with how we drive out of our anger, there's a good chance that we will not have a good moment or even a good day Potentially, Johnny, like you said, we could end up in prison because of it if we act out of that anger. It will cause us to be judged or condemned. But if we share grace, if we forgive in that moment, not knowing why, maybe that person, like you said, the kid in the back seat's throwing up all over the place and that's why they drove the way they did. If we share forgiveness, think how quickly that action changes that moment for all of us. Absolutely. And that, again, that's not that's just a driving situation. That can play out in all aspects of life. If my wife comes at me, says something to me, does something to me that just furiates me, I still in that moment have an opportunity to share grace or to return evil for evil. Sure. Um, you know, if I respond out of what I think, you know, if I think I deserve to get angry and do something back to her, it could make the rest of the day, the week, our lives be worse than if I respond out of grace, not knowing maybe she just had a bad day and she's just coming at me because of how she dealt with everybody else. Yes. We don't know that. And so well, the, the author says this truth. He says, we who have been forgiven much must forgive much. This truth must color the way we respond when we've been wronged. Again, Johnny, you know, if you think about your faith in Christ, the more that you have learned how God has shared grace with you, forgiveness with you, has that changed you in how you respond to others? Oh, definitely. Yes. My, I have three kids. The, the youngest is my buddy, Sean, and he's his own man and he does what he wants and it's not what I want a lot of the time. So you respond with anger and it, it gets you nowhere. Yeah. It's stonewalled. Yeah. And then you equate that to the Father's love for us. And, okay, I see what you're talking about now. Yeah. (laughs) I see what you mean. It's amazing how being a parent can help you better learn the Father. Absolutely. God as Father and how, you know, and I've learned so much from how I deal with my kids, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, And so, yeah. Am I a misbehaving child right now? I have to consider this. Right. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to, uh, we're going to keep looking at this one. The first one is going to come back again in a later one. So we'll get back to that in a second. But the next one that he points out is that pain and suffering are always bad. Well, Johnny, a a simple one for this one. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever grabbed hold of something or picked something up that was hot, but you didn't know it was hot before you grabbed hold of it? I've grabbed stuff that was hot that I knew was hot. <laughs> okay. Well, what, that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, but was pain a good thing in that moment? It's a reminder. Absolutely. It's a reminder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. it helped don't us to know. This. Yeah, don't be dumb. <laughs> or if it was hot and you didn't know it, it lets you know, let go of it right away mm-hmm. so that you don't burn yourself worse. 
You know, I think about my grandpa told me this story one time that after hunting, he was cutting up some meat with his buddy. And this was after they were older in life. And his buddy had diabetes, which caused him to have not good nerve sensation in his hands. And as they were cutting up meat, of course, he had blood from the meat that they were cutting up. Well, he sliced himself and he didn't even realize it. He never knew it. He didn't know it because there there was blood, but he didn't think anything of it. And so all of a sudden they started realizing, wait, there's more blood here than what should be here. And then he realized he had really sliced himself badly and then they had to get attention to it. And so if pain, like he had when he was younger, before his diabetes caused the problems that it did, pain would have helped him to realize, oh, I cut myself to help fix the situation quicker. So pain and suffering, they're not always bad. But, you know, what about other pain and suffering in life, like losing a job or having a health issue in the family or losing a loved one? Johnny, some of these circumstances that your family has faced having a relationship issue with someone. Is there anything good that come out of that can come out of those pain-filled seasons of life? Johnny, what do you think about that? Well, when my, my dad passed away, it, everyone's going to have that time. Everyone. Yeah. So it's, it's going to hurt. But when I see him again, we'll laugh about that. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, but it's 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 necessary. If you if you don't feel pain in those circumstances, you didn't know love. Well, let me ask you this, Johnny. Just going back again to yours and Sue's last year, this whole, whole dynamic of her being away, you being here, wanting to fix, Johnny. As I've watched your relationship with your wife, the pain that your family has gone through in this past year, would you agree that your relationship with Sue's has had moments where it has been really good? because of just how you have loved each other Absolutely. in the conversations. Definitely, definitely. We're, we're uh, I don't even know how to word it properly, a solid team. Okay. And these occasions here, they guarantee it. They, they, they show it. They bring it to the forefront because at the end of the day, when all the noise is cleared and it's just she and I, and then we can have those conversations about, okay, how did that go? What yeah. do you need to do next? And that's when we make our better, our, our best decisions, really. Yeah. In the book of James, the uh, brother of Jesus says this. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It sounds crazy, but, you know, that's what he says. <clears throat> he says this then. He says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And Johnny, that's what I saw with you and Suze, that these trials that you have faced in this past year, these and some of them are not just trials. They were just punches, major punch in the gut. So these moments that you faced because of your both of your reliance on God and how you relied then on each other as well, I have seen your endurance, your ability to deal with things differently it has gotten better. It has grown. And so I see what James says here truly being proven out in how you and Suze sure. have lived your life together. We, we try to find the joy in it. <clears throat> yeah. Where, where is there joy to be found? That's, that's where you yeah. have to. So if there are any men out there who are going through a time of pain of any kind, Johnny, what are some words of wisdom that you would have for them as they go through that season? It's all temporary. What do you mean by that? It, it's a season, so the next season will come. 
And if you persevere and you, you well, like James says there, if you if you can withstand that, the next season comes, and it's it's it, they're both what you make them. In our men's group, I just was in a men's group this morning talking about one of these podcasts, and we talked about Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter three, where it says there's a time and a place for all seasons mm-hmm. under heaven, a time mm-hmm. for this and a time for that. Yes, and that's what you're referring to. Correct. <clears throat> that no matter what we face today, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Tomorrow's another day, or maybe it's another week from now. It's gonna. There's a chance. There's a hope for something better. Absolutely. And ultimately, if we are in Christ, no matter what we're facing, we always have eternity in heaven with Christ to still be focused upon, and that's a great hope to have. Yes. The truth that uh, the author shares is that pain and suffering are simply tools in God's wise, loving hands, doing His good work, helping us become more like His Son. And for that, we need to give thanks. It's a great truth. Our our third lie that he has us looking at then is, the world is rigged against me. (laughs) Johnny, have you ever heard of Murphy's Law before? Oh, boy, yes. I'm in road construction. Oh, that's true. It's almost daily. If bad things can happen, they (laughs) will happen. Uh, And have you ever gone through, I mean, you just talked about your job, but have you ever gone through a season in life when Murphy and his law was active in your life with several bad things happening at a time? Last, uh, the last six months of 2021 were that. With all the things that you and Susie have gone through. Everything there between Susie and I and all the things that were going, it's like, can can something else go wrong? Yeah. Don't ask that question because yes. (laughs) Well, if this was going on back before you knew Jesus well... How might you have responded to that? Frustration and anger. Uh, I, I don't know that Susie and I could stay together through things like that. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's the, the fuel that, that no, where we know it's going to get better. That's how. And of course, then, as you've already said, with Jesus leading you, guiding you now, it's a different perspective. Absolutely. And you chase after those moments a whole lot differently than you did before. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, as a pastor, Johnny, I've walked with lots of people who have gone through lots of rough days. And for some of them, they feel like this lie that Satan whispered in their ear is true. They feel that the world is against me or God doesn't care, maybe. And when that is the case, you know, what do I need to point them towards but hope? And that, you know, there's a great book out right now that I have handed out to many people. It's called Hope in the Dark and uh, written by uh, Craig Rochelle. And if there's anybody out there listening right now, if you're going through one of these time periods, come to me. I have a couple of these books on my shelves. I'll hand you one because it's just a great book that helps you to see the different perspective, like Johnny said, that this is a season, it's temporary, and that there's hope. There's something different coming. There's something better. If you're walking with Christ, there's always going to be something better. And I love the word, yet. You know, my kids laugh at me because I talk about this. It's one of the most powerful words that if I say that, you know, I'm not experiencing anything good, and then I'll usually follow that up with yet. Because the word yet means that there's hope, that there's something better coming. I'm a Vikings fan. I know yet. (laughs) (laughs) Always next year, right? How many times have we said that in our lifetime? I'm a Pirates fan. (laughs) The good thing is that there's 161 games left. The Pirates lost their first game, but there, there's another 161 games. There's hope, Johnny. Absolutely. But the good thing is there's another year yet, too. <laughs> you know, one of the passages that I love, it's it's one that I've grown up with. It's Psalm 23. It's such a powerful, it's a shepherd psalm where David is looking at how we as sheep 
live with a, a God who's shepherding us. This is one of my favorite Psalms. I love this. Yeah, well, right in the middle of that is there's so much there's so much hope for someone who's going through a dark day. And it says this, and starting in verse four, it says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and they comfort me. And there's two powerful words to focus upon, and that is through and beside. Now, the first thing is to notice that it doesn't say if I walk through the dark valley. It says when. We're going to, Johnny. Absolutely. Everybody that walks this earth, we're going to walk in a dark valley of some kind, no matter what. <clears throat> so when we face those days, the word through helps us to understand that we're not going to get stuck in that dark valley. It's temporary, like right. you said. Correct. If we're walking with the good shepherd, especially, that God is going to get us through. He'll show you the way. It, he really will. And the cool thing is the the way he does that is that we're not going to be left alone there. Correct. He's beside us. He's walking with us. He will carry us. He will, you know, it, he's going to be there with us. And it's so much hope in those two little verses there that helps us get through those dark days, those days of pain that we might face. <clears throat> Johnny, do you have a, another specific scripture passage that you rely upon for hope when you are going through a rough season on your journey? I think you mentioned that there's one that you go back to over and over again. Can you just share that with the guys? John 16, 32 and 33 has gotten me well, the last six months for sure. You know the words every time you... you he come to his service, and, and there are words that are they're common here, but um, I'm going to go ahead and read it so that I don't screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> but the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I'm not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you all this, so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. And that... When he says, I have overcome, overcome the world, that's everything. Everything we will go through has been overcome. Follow him. He'll, he'll get you through it. Well, he said that word peace in there, that if we go with him and knowing that he has overcome it all, if Correct. we are relying upon him, he brings us peace. Peace. That's Doesn't it. say we're not going to face no, no. chaos. But the best way to go through the chaos is peacefully and <clears throat> patience and and. If you if you follow, he'll guide. Yeah. There's no doubt that Satan wants us to get down and depressed when we face hard days. But God wants us to rely on the hope that he has for us because he has overcome the world. And he wants us to be thankful for the good parts in our lives. So the truth that the author says, he says, we, we live and serve in a world that is rigged against Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if we are with him, it's going to be rigged against us. But we have the confident hope that one day all that's wrong will be made right and that in the meantime, he, meaning Jesus, knows what Jesus is doing and will sustain us in the battle. No doubt. Okay, lie number four. Let's keep moving here. I can't help how I react to certain people and circumstances. This kind of goes back to the first one that, I, that we talked about earlier. I can't help it. How I react to certain people or circumstances. Johnny, have you ever felt out of control? Uh, when I was a younger person, absolutely. All right. Yeah. So you've reacted to a certain person or a circumstance. Have you ever regretted how you reacted? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, 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 
Not so much anymore, but I'd, I'd have conversations with Susie and I'd walk away going, well, that probably the wrong <laughs> route to go in that case. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> kick ourselves. The hard part is going back and asking for forgiveness, Correct. but that helps solve that problem. Now, here's the good news for all of us, Johnny. All throughout the Bible, we find person after person who had moments when they lacked control. And these are not like bad people. We're talking Moses. We're talking David. We're talking Peter, Paul, just to name a few. David was an all-star. Oh, yeah, he was. Well, yeah. Peter? <laughs> no. How many times did he stick his foot in his mouth? Oops. Yeah. So, so for those of you who are thinking that there's no hope for you, there really is. Because the cool thing is to see how God moved in each of these men to become more under control throughout their lives. You know, I know as parents, a lesson that we try to teach our kids is a lesson that can be applied to so many of our circumstances as an adult as well. And so we try to teach our kids, you know, we can't control others. We can only control ourselves. Johnny, can you see how that lesson can be useful for every one of us? Absolutely. Sure. Yep. Well, how you can how you respond and how you react as a representative of you as a representative of you as a Christian yeah and and is that how Christians act I mean it's already a a name besmirching most of us so you have to try to respond right. in the right way no doubt you know one of the passages that I try to put into my life especially if I know I'm going to be having one of those hard days facing some tough people is Colossians chapter three starting in verse twelve where it talks about us getting dressed with Jesus clothes. And he says this, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And then above all, so this is the biggest kahuna, Above all, he says, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Uh, and there, and it keeps going with some other good stuff there. Johnny, if you got dressed in those kinds of Jesus clothes, like Paul mentions here, how good would your workplace be? Or better yet, if everybody that you worked with, <laughs> I know, if everybody you worked with got dressed in those Jesus clothes with those attributes, what would work look like for you? Oh, it, it, well, I try to make it a joyful place in the first place, but it would be the most joyful place. Yeah, because, because I, I tell them now, God's with us while we're doing this, but we're at recess. This is an actual work. Yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt. If we proactively every moment got dressed with Jesus clothes, how might we be better under control when those moments happen? And if we're going to going into a circumstance that a that there's a good chance of it ha- happening, you know, because we're hanging out with those certain individuals that we know get under our skin, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, wherever it might be, what would it look like if we intentionally, prayerfully put on those Jesus clothes? Man, that could change that day. Absolutely. The truth that the author says is when we hand over control to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he will produce in us the fruit of self-control. And so, and truthfully, Johnny, I don't know about you, but this is an ongoing thing. This isn't a once in a while thing. For me, it's a daily, daily thing. absolutely. Getting daily. dressed in those Jesus clothes. Every morning when I get up, I want to put those clothes on as I'm getting my regular clothes on mentally, spiritually, that I know that that will help me live my day better. All right, Johnny, one last one we're going to touch here real quickly is, uh, and this one's kind of funny, but 
it's basically this. I can run away from God. Johnny, does this one make sense to you? Have you ever seen a guy try to do this for any reason? Yes. uh, A friend of mine, Ken, been friends 35 years. His mom passed away from breast cancer before I met him. Yeah. And 35 years, this is a devout atheist. Yeah. And he's not, but he doesn't know it. Yeah. So the running away, and I try to be the example. And that happens so many different times in so many different ways where a person will run away from God, thinking they're running away from God, even though they know they might not realize God is still with them. Right there with them. Yeah. And, but they, they push him away from their own heart because maybe it's because of that punch in the gut that they received mm-hmm. and they just maybe don't believe that God anymore is any good. And uh, I know for me, I ran away from God at one point. You know, when I was a teenager, I had people telling me, you're going to be a pastor someday. And I was like, no <laughs> way. I want to make money. I want to be an engineer and have this great life and get all these great things. Well, yeah, finally I started paying attention and here I am. I'm a pastor now. They're pretty good at it too. Yeah, well... <laughs> God is good. Uh, you know, I've seen this happen in so many men's lives where they have tried to push God away for so many different reasons and their life is not good because of it. But here's the good news, that no matter how often we might try to run away from God or push God away, what Paul says in Romans chapter 8 is so blessful to me. It's, he says this, starting in verse 38, he says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So guys, if you're out there and you're feeling like you're separated from God, whether it's your choice or whether you think God has run away from you, the truth is not that. That's not the truth. That's the lie that Satan is trying to feed you to keep you separated from God. But the truth is, man, God loves you. There's nothing that you can do to get God to love you more. There's nothing that you can do to get God to love you less. He loves you unconditionally. And man, he's just doing everything to walk with you on your journey. The truth that the author says is we cannot run from the presence of God. We may try, but we will not succeed. Our Father never loses sight of us. He will pursue us and woo us home. Johnny, how have you experienced this truth of God always being after us and God always loving us? Well, the life that Susie and I built here is a great example because we had all of the the toys and the, the the money in the house and all of the stuff you're supposed to chase that Satan tells you that's important. Yeah. And when work ended in 2010 and we had to move our lives and I came out here to start the new life. And when I first came into this building and Pastor Mike was actually teaching a lesson about sometimes you need everything that you think is important taken away. So you find out what actually is important. And it was like, did he meet me? <laughs> God did this guy before. How does right. he know these th- these things? And yeah. when you think what was so important is gone, and you find out what actually is important, and it's just it's just showering down upon you, you realize where that actually comes from. Yeah, there's no doubt that finding God and realizing God's love upon you, man, it can be transformational and help you have a different perspective. I think is what you're talking yes. about here, yep. a different perspective on what 
is truly valuable in life and what is not, and how that can, with all the circumstances of life that we might face, the good, the bad, and the ugly, how that different perspective, a God perspective, can truly transform how we live our lives. God is loving us, Johnny. He is wooing you daily back <laughs> into a relationship with you, uh, with him. And uh, and I know, Johnny, I have watched you over the last five years of being your one of your pastors. Man, I've watched God grab hold of you more and more. And I've seen you in the circumstances of life. You put more and more faith in God in, in all those moments. And Johnny, I just want to say, man, I just am so thankful for seeing what God is doing with your life. He, he's the best guide in the world. You'll never find a better guide. Yeah. yeah. Listen. And that's most people don't listen. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, hopefully this will help you out a little bit. Uh, Johnny, it was great having you with us today. I hope I didn't wreck it too badly. You did not wreck it at all. I think the guys are going to be blessed by what you had to share. And uh, guys, for all of us here, I just want to make sure you know that Johnny and I, just like you, we're on a journey. And we do not have it all figured out yet. Uh, we are all going to face circumstances in life. And, uh, and all of us need to just continue to seek God and allow his Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us in those moments. Some moments we're gonna get it right, and some moments we're not. And But the good news is we have a gracious God who's gonna love us unconditionally in, in, in those moments and help us hopefully, as we go on this journey, to find more and more of what a holy life can truly look like. And in that, may God be the glory. Hey guys, have a great week, and we will talk to you next week.